0: W.A.T.D. presents The People's Truth, a show dedicated to bringing communities together and keeping the truth alive. Join us each week as we shine the light of justice on topics, people, and local businesses that highlight the real people's truth. Here is your host, Benny Rabbi. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, hello, good evening, and welcome to The People's Truth here on 95.9 FM, WATD. I know, it's exciting times we live in, and as always, we're joined by our great co-host, Jay Coco Crommy Jay, how are you, my friend? Good
1: evening. Good evening, children oh. of the night. Oh, mm-hmm. Vlad, Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello, okay. (laughs) Welcome to tonight's creature feature. We have a creature feature. I didn't even realize that. Okay, well
0: jay has already gone off the rails so welcome to the people's truth folks we're happy to have you and we are going to be joined momentarily by our very special guest for the evening the birthday girl yesterday herself dr donna halper joins us live in studio you know what i said in a second but you know what let's bring her on right now dr halper welcome back to the people's truth
2: Hey, I'm glad you brought the cheering section.
0: Oh, for you, we bring the whole ensemble.
2: Hi, <laughs> hi, such a deal. Such a deal.
0: <laughs> I love it. Donna, welcome back. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we had such great feedback from the last time you were on, and I said, well, her birthday just happened, so we're going to have to say it's her show. It's her airtime so Uh, this one is for you you're
2: just living in it am I right that's That's right that's
0: right we agree we're all on the same page here Um, before we start jumping right on into it folks I do want to remind everybody you can catch any past episodes you may have missed not that anybody has ever missed a People's Truth episode of course you can catch us on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Podcast, and anywhere else where fine podcasts are downloaded and or
1: traded freely under supervision of course. If you're a deadhead, you can send in a blank tape and we will record any show you want to hear and mail it back to you. Excellent. I'm glad to see that that service still lives on today. Jerry would have wanted it that
0: way. Absolutely. It's a cassette tape. Of I course. Maxell It's got to be, it's got (laughs) to (laughs) be. Well, otherwise, we are just, uh, we're getting ready to have a great night here tonight. And of course, like I said, Donna, welcome back. We're really happy to have you here. And I hope you had not only a wonderful birthday, but a very special Valentine's Day as well. You deserve it.
2: Well, can I tell you the same thing that I tell everybody else when they say to me, did you have a good birthday? I'm like, I'm a cancer survivor, six years now, okay? Every day is a great day. Every day is like a birthday. I'm just happy to be walking around, much to the disappointment of my enemies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well said. And I just, this is why I love having you on, Donna, because nobody says it quite like you do. And we just really are appreciative to have you back on the show here tonight. Uh, of course, a lot going on in the world and around us, but we're, we're not going to focus on all the hoopla and the hee-haw. We're just going to focus on the truth and the facts, which, quite frankly, you are a master of telling. You've written many books. You've had many opportunities to speak publicly to the world. And what I really like about you, Donna, is when you do speak to the world, it's one of those rare opportunities where the world actually stops and listens.
2: Well, I appreciate your saying so. I promise you I have my bad days like anybody else. But uh, I try to be fair to the facts. And uh, that's why I enjoy being on shows like yours, because it's an opportunity to get some facts out there. And facts do not have to be partisan. There's no right-wing facts, left-wing facts, Jewish facts, Christian facts. There's different perspectives. But the facts are the facts and if we could kind of slow down and just take the opportunity to listen to other people's perspectives, that would be good, but it starts with a common set of facts.
0: It absolutely does. And uh, I was telling you a little bit off air uh, in, in that regard, Uh, Since we spoke last time, uh, I've been on WMEX, of course, with Larry Justice with, of course, he said to say the same hello, happy birthday, all of above. And he said,
2: well, give him give him a virtual hug for me. We go back years.
0: Exactly. And you know what? He said the exact same thing. So virtual hug exchange to the left. Virtual hug exchange to to the right. Hold
2: yourself up to the the microphone there. And I'm like, can you feel the love? Feeling the love.
0: It is. It is. This is a new word of the day, Jay. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we've got some good questions here lined up for you. And, of course, anyone listening out there in radio land, online, internet, streaming land, or, quite frankly, any other else that you're listening here to us live on 95.9 WATD. You know. We do accept Carrier Pigeon. The window is still open, and the pigeonhole is still available. So, now, uh,
2: you know that used to be a thing, don't you? Of course. Because d- back in the old days... Um, In countries where telegraph was unreliable or they couldn't string telegraph wire far enough between countries, they would use carrier pigeon. And that that is an actual fact. There is a, a postage stamp to honor what was called the pigeon post. And those carrier pigeons, they couldn't carry a lot. They could carry maybe a few words, but it was kind of like a headline, and they would just carry it from city to city, and that's what they had to do sometimes back then.
0: True that, and I'm pretty sure they had a major impact not only in World War One, but they were still being used as late as World War II in Korea. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. Ben, but here's w- a question for you guys. Here's a question. Did you say thank you to Carter G. Woodson? Of course.
1: Absolutely,
0: I, I hope
2: so.
1: We did, of course, but you should probably tell the listening audience who uh, might not be as cultured as we are who we were giving thanks to.
2: Hey, we're wicked cultured. We're cultured. It's
1: dripping out of us. Oh, w- wicked Lord. smart.
2: But, you know, a lot of what I do as a media historian is about making sure we say thank you to the people that got us here. Okay? And one of the people who got us here is Carter G. Woodson. And he is the man who created something that we all use today. In fact, we are using it today. He is the man who created what became Black History Month. When he first started in 1926, it was called Negro History Week. And Carter G. Woodson was an educator and a historian. And it really bothered him that a lot of people, both black and white, did not know the accomplishments of people of color. And he decided that it would probably be a good idea to put a week aside where you focused on people of color who had done great things in America. And there were a lot of them. And it started off with just a week and it became so popular that ultimately it got expanded to a month and he used radio to spread it. And at first it was just on a couple of radio stations, but gradually radio stations across the country, including even some in the South, were putting aside some time to talk about the achievements and the accomplishments of black historians and to black people in general. And when I say black historians, there were a number of really good writers who I rely on all the time, who really told these stories. Today, there are many more, but I find it kind of sad that many people know about Black History Month, but they don't know who started it, and they don't know that it got its start in 1926. So thank you, Carter G. Woodson, and thank you for using radio to do it, because you understood that radio is a powerful mass medium, and it still is still is. Absolutely.
1: Power of the people ben, by and for. Ben, where's the cheering section on that? We can absolutely have a good cheer. Come on, guys. Let Carter me hear you. G. Woodson. Let me hear you in the back.
2: Let's give it up for Carter G. Woodson.
0: <laughs> whoop, whoop. Not bad for a guy born in 1875, huh?
2: And lived to 1950, and lived to almost see segregation end, but to at least see it break down in an Awful lot of places, and that probably made him feel good. But the journal that he invented still lives. A lot of the um, books that he wrote are still used, and a lot of the articles that he wrote are still used. He was quite a historian.
0: I'm seeing a couple of quotes that are associated with him here on his website, Uh, just folks just gathering information. And I mean, if these were some of the things he had to say, I thoroughly believe. Uh, and, and one quote right here: When you control a man's thinking, you do not have to worry about his actions. Yep. There is an you know interesting what else he quote. Said
2: that I dearly love? He said, "If a race has no history, it has no worthwhile tradition. It becomes a negligible factor in the thought of the world, and it stands in danger of being exterminated." Ooh. What he meant was, if you eradicate the story of a people, and I don't care what people it is, whether it's Jews, Italians, Greeks, people from the Bahamas, if you wipe out their history and never think about it, or if you only think about it when they do something wrong, you are creating an image of people that is going to be distorted and will ultimately be erased. So what he was asking us to do is to make sure we know the history and the traditions of all different people so that we can honor them and thank them and know what they really did for us.
0: And truly celebrate accomplishments made that, quite frankly, impacted the world in ways that most people still have no idea to this day. Yep. yep. So,
2: And that's why every year I always make sure that his name gets shouted out and I respect what he did. I wished I had met him. I was just like a baby when he was born. So when uh, he died, so I mean, I never got a chance to meet him, but it would have been cool. You know, Do you ever wish you had a time machine and you could go back to a certain period of time? And There's just so many people that I study about and write about and research about, and they died before I was born and I just never got a chance to meet them. But my way of saying thank you is to make sure that what they did lives
0: on. Well said. I feel very similar about a lot of history in general. I mean, we're we're kind of spoiled living in the South Shore area of Massachusetts. At least Jay and myself, uh, anyone that's outside of the South Shore, can still relate because the Commonwealth of Massachusetts is just beaming with history no matter oh, what yeah. town you hail from. Uh, I Jay and I happen to be... Uh, from Hingham, that's where we were raised for the most part, and uh, of course, Major General Benjamin Lincoln. His tomb lays right in downtown behind Old Ship Church and the Old Tower. I had an opportunity to, to visit with the Hingham militia just last weekend about this very same issue, uh, and it was wonderful to be able to see how much history is still there, and, you know, it, not that people should be walking around cemeteries undo, certainly, but Old Ship Church specifically, There's just so many notable people that you really, you wouldn't even realize unless you knew they were there already. So many early poets and uh, pioneers, I mean, especially women, obviously in the 17 and 1800s, not exactly treated nicely for the most part. And any accomplishments made were oftentimes overshadowed or underplayed for a male counterpart. But... There's a lot of stories to be told and uh, I, I definitely got a great view of a lot of them, so.
2: Absolutely, and it's again, it's all about saying thank you. Let me just give you one more and then we'll move it along because I don't want to bore the audience to tears. Um, I want to do a shout out to Lou Henry Hoover. Now, Lou is a lady, okay? She I think her first name was Louise, but she hated it. Um, Lou Henry Hoover, okay? She was the wife of the much reviled Herbert Hoover, who was often blamed for the great depression. Um, We can have that debate, you know, today people kind of want to go and say, oh, it wasn't really his fault. And other people are like, yeah, it was, but that's not the issue. The issue is Lou Henry Hoover was one of those women who was really accomplished. She was a geologist, but she lived in the time when the fact that she had a degree in geology wasn't as important as the fact that she had a husband. It was kind of an either or thing. And she married her Herbert Hoover, and of course she had to kind of give up her job. But she always loved volunteerism, and she was a big fan of the Girl Scouts. And Lou Henry Hoover was the first First Lady to ever give a radio talk. She gave a radio talk in 1929. A lot of people think Eleanor Roosevelt was the first. Nope, it was Lou Henry Hoover who kind of opened up that space and started speaking on radio about things that she cared about. And in this case, it was volunteerism. So a lot of people don't remember Lou Henry Hoover, but they certainly remember the fact that Eleanor Roosevelt was on the radio all the time. And today it's really interesting, however you feel about Joe Biden or Jill Biden. It's very interesting to me that Dr. Jill Biden is going to be the first first lady to break with the longstanding tradition that first ladies had to give up their job, even if their job was like business executive, they still had to give it up when they married the person that became president. And Dr. Jill isn't going to do that. She's going to keep teaching. And I often wonder if Lou Henry Hoover were alive today, if she would have said, like, yeah, I still want to be a geologist. I mean, why not? It's a great occupation.
0: (laughs) Pays pretty good.
2: She wasn't given that choice.
0: You know, and and those are the moments in history that are really a shame because who knows what she could have gone on to do even further than what she already did accomplish. Who knows? I mean, that could have been, you know, three feet shy of the gold mine digging through the dirt and we'll never know because she had to get pulled in a different direction.
2: Yep. And there were so many people back in those days that really had a great background, but were never given the opportunity to shine. So when people say to me, "Oh, nothing's changed," I'm like, "Yeah, I don't think you would have liked living a hundred years ago." Seriously. Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> particularly, even if you're a guy, child labor was still okay back then. I was if just gonna say, if your family were poor, they could yank you out of school when you were twelve, and you'd be working in the mines. Okay, you'd be working down at the mill. You'd be right there next there wasn't to Tennessee you Ford. Could do about it.
0: That's right. Number nine coal.
2: That's about it. A hard time in the mill, my love, you know? It was, uh, it was not easy, if, particularly if you were poor or working class and children were still regarded as property. And the idea that like, it's disgraceful for a 12 year old to be working, eh, wasn't considered disgraceful back then. And an awful lot of them were working.
3: Right. And
2: I personally think we're a lot better off now that kids get a chance to be in school and get an education. And you know, that's one of the advances that is so important and a lot of us take it for granted.
0: It really is. And uh, we, we all have that uh, stereotypical image of the uh, the grumpy old man with the, uh, the, the pipe hanging out the nose and what must have happened to this guy to make his life be like this? Well, I tell you, working a coal mine at eight years old will certainly start you on that path.
2: Yep, absolutely it only so there you are so there's our moment of history okay alright I mean it's just
1: it's a good sign for the nation like hey our kids don't have to work they go to school isn't that
2: Absolutely. isn't that
1: something that's right yeah, I
2: just got into it with somebody about that The uh, about like earlier today uh he's from another country and i won't say which one because i don't want to seem like i'm mocking his culture but we get into like you know whether girls should go to school and i'm like we're still debating this that's a question (laughs) i mean really okay
1: like okay uh, yeah that's a bit sadly
2: there are still parts of the world where this is a big thing where it's like hey come on i let my kid go to school till she was 10 what do you want
0: yeah, that great
1: advancement in society. Oh, yeah, that's oh boy, a, that's a bit of a throwback there. I'll
0: but look. you
2: know what? Sooner or later,
1: that's
0: right. One of the
2: one of the good things about being a globalized world. Sooner or later, people realize that in the world today, wherever you are, it's really useful to have everybody able to read and write, to have everybody have some basic literacy, the ability to think critically, the ability to fact check, you know? I mean, there's there's a line in a Rush song, and you know me, how can I go through a show without a line in a Rush song? Um, the thing about if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice from the song Free Will. If you are not trained in critical thinking If you are not trained to evaluate information, how can you possibly make a good choice, okay? So if you're gonna be down on the field, as opposed to up in the the stands, you really do need that education and whether it's a trade education like you want to be a plumber or a carpenter or whether it's a college education because you want to be a doctor or a scientist or a professor whatever kind of education is right for you it's never too late to get one i mean i went back to school when i was 55. there is no too late anymore there's just opportunity And I think it's good that people have more opportunity. And I hope that eventually that will become just the norm all over the world where we're not debating, like, should my five year old need to be in the coal mines or, you know, should my 10 year old daughter need to be pulled out of school, where it's all just like, well, of course kids are studying. Of course they are, because we need an educated population wherever we are. That's right. Thinking in that way.
0: Well said, Donna, well said. And uh, Jay, that's gotta fill your heart with hope, knowing that your young children will never have to work with number nine, coal. I mean, I let's,
2: hope, let's hope so. Number 10 or number 11 maybe, but not number
1: nine. Yeah, that stuff's outdated, Ben.
0: Mm, uh, you can't worst. Can't the be worst. having that stuff. <laughs> well, listen to us just going off the wall and up on the board. Again, you're listening to The People's Truth. Dr. Donna Halper joining us here today Wonderful conversation, and I cannot believe we are already at a few minutes to the halfway point of this show. That's how and much here fun have we're to having. you have
2: to say those call letters. Go get them.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, we'll say the uh, call letters once we come back because, well, there's a whole lot more going on. But, okay, you got me. You're listening to 95.9 W.A.T.D., The People's Truth. We're going to step aside for that first commercial break. Donna called it, so as she says it, we play it here on WATD. We'll be
1: right back. Go nowhere. In order to be successful in life, you must be proactive. Hi, I'm Mark Stiles of Stiles Law. No one wants to accidentally create chaos by not planning. At Stiles Law, we offer estate planning, which reduces stress on your loved ones during a health crisis. Family disputes over assets can be avoided, but you must plan ahead.
0: The Styles Law Legal Team offers consultations by phone or Zoom. Call
3: 781-319-1900. 781-319-1900. On the web at styles-law.com.
1: It's always better to be proactive so you're not forced to be reactive.
3: Let flowers whisper what words can never say. When family, friends, or co-workers experience a loss, let the caring staff at Clifford's help you honor their loved one's memory with a gift of flowers. Their experienced staff can guide you through creating the perfect gift to reflect the person being remembered. Clifford's Artisan florists will design and hand-deliver beautiful, fresh flowers, gorgeous blooming plants, and custom gourmet baskets featuring fresh fruits, sweet treats, coffee, tea, and cookies. Did you know that on November 20th, 1986 president ronald reagan signed a resolution making the rose the national floral emblem of the united states at a ceremony in the white house rose garden order your memorable roses from clifford's today call click or visit clifford's flowers open seven days a week 86 liberty street quincy 888-441-8884 clifford's.com and thank you from jim and holly clifford
1: Hey, it's John Shea here from Almost Famous Radio, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England every Tuesday night, 8 to 10, brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. Tonight, another full show in store for you with tons of new music and upcoming events to let you know about, and we'll be joined on the Tiny stage by singer-songwriter Tyler Fabel. That's tonight, 8 to 10, right here on 95.9 WATD and 95.9 WATD.com.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, The People's Truth. You just heard the promo there by John Shea, our music director. Also a host of Almost Famous, live local radio every Tuesday evening here on WATD We are joined by Donna Halper, and she is just spinning some stories for us here. We've already covered Black History Month. We've covered Lou Henry Hoover and her accomplishments. And uh, I think we're going to turn it over to the music side of things now, Donna, if that's okay with you. I know Jay had a couple of questions for you, so I'm going to turn it over now to Coco Crombie for his
1: questionnaire. Oh, geez, all this pressure is on
0: me. What do
2: I yeah. win if I get it right?
1: <laughs> you win Chase <Jay's> car! <laughs> Wait, you what? Get a car, and you get a
0: car,
2: and you get a car,
1: Everybody gets a car. Give them back at the end of the show. <laughs> Donna, the thing I was uh, wondering about, being the person who kind of uh, broke Rush and got them their, uh, their fame, I was wondering if there was any other bands... That you kind of felt slipped through the fingers of, um, of the national media, maybe some bands that just never got that big break, but were a little deserving of it. Uh, I don't know if anything well, kind of comes off the, uh, the top of your head.
2: Actually, yeah, and I've said this many, many times. Um, there was a band that was a big hit in Cleveland and a big hit in Los Angeles and nowhere else. And it was a glam rock band called the Sensational Alex Harvey Band. And the Sensational Alex Harvey Band was this incredibly talented band. They did rock and roll, hard rock, cabaret rock, vaudeville rock. I mean, they put on a show. It was just amazing. Unfortunately, they really were an acquired taste they had a cult following they were massive in cleveland people stopped what they were doing to come see them okay but in other cities people just didn't get them and i still remember when the band came to cleveland to play at the agora ballroom this would have been probably 1974 early 75 And Alex had just been, this is Alex Harvey, the leader of the band. They'd just been out on the road for months, getting in most cases, a completely chilly reaction. And they came to Cleveland and they got a standing ovation. People knew every single one of their songs. And I was sitting up close front row because I introduced them and Alex had tears in his eyes. He was just like, there's somebody that knows our songs. There's somebody that gets us. And yeah, it was, it was really like that. And I always felt bad about the fact that most people didn't get them. Some of their stuff is still on YouTube. Some of their stuff can still be listened to, but you really had to see them live. And the other thing that's sad is that Alex Harvey was kind of his own worst enemy. He had a problem with alcohol and as with many performers he never really was able to stay healthy enough to just stay at it but i really think that at a certain point he kind of just gave up because he felt like the only place he was ever going to be popular was cleveland and los angeles a lot of people liked him in england though so yeah that was one band that i really liked there's another band i liked a lot who were huge in chicago and they were sort of a top 40 band a band called The Crying Shames, C-R-Y-A-N, The Crying Shames. And they did some amazing top 40. Um, late 60s, early 70s, absolutely loved their stuff. But again, never really moved outside of Chicago. And this is something I've talked about a million times. As a music director, I would play something, and you guys are gonna know exactly what I'm talking to if you talking about if you've ever been a DJ. Do you ever play a song and you're like, Oh my god, this song is incredible. This'll be a big hit, and it's a stiff.
3: Yep. <laughs> like you
2: and five people like it, and that's it. Yes. And then you play some other song and you're like holding your nose, like, oh my god, I gotta play this piece of garbage. And the phones light up. Will you play that again? What a great song. I love that song. And you're mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I hate my life. I just hate my life. Okay? Like, why am I even here? Let's,
1: See, that doesn't make me hate my life. It makes me hate the audience. Says, but you know what, what I'm saying.
2: What the heck is well, wrong mean, with I mean, them? I still, I'm... Yeah, Tony Bates. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so, oh, God, Oh No more, please. no more. no,
0: no. There's a, there's but, a once a, a, every eight-year quota for that one.
2: Yep. But you know what I'm saying? So there were always songs that when I played them, I would just be like, Oh god, this is gotta be a hit and often you know, to the point where my rule of thumb was if I hate it, it's gonna be a huge hit. Okay? <laughs> and, and so I just kind of thought in that way when I was a music director. But uh, but yeah, there are a multitude of bands that I could name you, that even in Cleveland and in New York and various other places, I sat there going, why isn't this more popular? And there's no predicting it.
0: That's right, it's a head scratcher sometimes. Uh, And
2: you know what, I gotta be honest, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, and I hate to be repetitious, but I didn't know when I first started playing Rush that they'd be popular, okay? I mean, I knew that I thought they were a great record for Cleveland, but again, there's no predicting it. So I played it and I was delighted that the phones lit up like a Christmas tree, but here again, there was no guarantee that they were gonna sell records or get a US contract or this and that. If you had told me that we were gonna be friends for more than four decades, I would have said, yeah, right, okay? If you had told me that they'd have a star on the Walk of Fame and be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I would have said, ah, who can predict those things? At the time, I just knew that Working Man was a perfect record for Cleveland, but whether the audience would respond, guys, there is no predicting what an audience is gonna like.
1: Very it's true. really, yeah, I mean, the, what has to align for fame to take place is mind-boggling. I mean, sometimes.
2: haven't you heard songs that you were just like, oh, my God, this is going to go to number one? And then you found that, like, it maybe got to number 43 and died a painful death?
0: Yes. Yep, we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there. And...
2: Orpheus, Orpheus, can't find the time. was oh, yeah. never a big national hit. In Boston, massive. Nationally, nope. Go what?
0: figure Nope Go figure you What know? a
2: great song too Can't find the time
0: And you know what Larry Justice and I Were talking about Something similar recently And he said You know what Benny Just don't forget Music's beauty Is in the eye Of each individual Beholder yep. And I said Wow Larry That was really deep He goes And sometimes people Are just flat out wrong Yep
2: Thank you <laughs> Yes
0: Thank you And so-
2: sometimes The time isn't Right Yes. I still remember Dream On by Aerosmith. When it first was released, nothing. Came back a couple of years later on a re release. We picked it up in Cleveland, played it to death, and it became a huge hit. Same thing with the Moody Blues, Knights in White Satin. First oh, yeah. time it was released, nobody bought it but their families. But the <laughs> second time, top 10. So sometimes it just the time isn't right.
3: And Absolutely, I'm
2: back at it a little later and hope things have changed. In some cases they have. In other cases, it's still not a hit, and you go home saying, "What is wrong with people?" <laughs> perfect, but-
0: perfect example of that, Donna. And I'll share this with the folks at home as well. Uh, obviously, playing the greatest hits on WMEX, uh, we see a lot of different situations and uh, i played a uh, a couple earlier uh, was it today it might have been earlier last week either which way uh heard it through the grapevine oh, now yeah. that very popular song multiple artists did covers but a lot of folks didn't realize that three of those covers were all pretty much simultaneously released and all yep. recorded within i'd say about a month of each other so yep. marvin Gaye obviously did a copy gladys knight and the pips did a copy And then, uh, obviously, you got everybody else after that, but uh, it was noted, I guess, when when Marvin released his version after uh, Gladys, obviously, he heard Gladys' version after it was released for his, and he was quoted as to saying, well, there goes my version. Yep.
2: You know,
0: and... It's again, it, you can really play the two back-to-back, back and it's going to give you different results each time.
2: Absolutely, we, and they're both two different records. And I personally, coming as I did from album rock, I love the Creedence Clearwater Revival version. Oh, yeah. Of which there were four versions. There was a short version which you could play in morning drive, there was a medium version, there was a medium long, and then there was the long, uninterrupted 14 minutes, if you gotta go to the bathroom, this is your record. And, you know, all, every single one of them sounded good on the radio to me.
0: That's right, uh, and even some of the old country western cowboy-type songs. You know, We had uh, Guy Mitchell singing the blues, and then Marty Robbins cut a version of it just the same, and I really thought that uh, you know, we, we played it for folks to be able to vote and see which one they liked best, and I was really surprised. I really thought Guy Mitchell with the original copy was going to walk away with this one, but the people called in, they emailed, and they spoke, and Marty Robbins, for his guitar work, came away with a 5-3 vote victory.
2: Unbelievable. Hey, which do you like better? The Dolly Parton version of I Will Always Love You or the Whitney Houston version?
0: Right, right.
2: My money's on Dolly Parton because I generally tend to go for the original.
0: Gotta do but it.
2: I know people that are just like, eh, too twangy. I'd rather have the Whitney because it's soulful. I'm like, no accounting for taste.
0: right. Where's the flavor? Where's the originality? We. Hey, have- that's
2: flavor. Flavor. <laughs> F L A V A H. Flavor. That's right. We're
0: in Boston, kid. Don't forget.
2: This
0: is it. Um <laughs> Along I'm that same. Move
2: forward with great vigor and determination. Yeah, <laughs> Yes.
0: I love it. Donna Halper here with us and I just love when she's here with us on The People's Truth because her wit is so sharp. Folks, just get out of the way. If you don't think you can take the heat, just don't even bother.
2: Or it's (laughs) like at half capacity and I'm a half wit. Yep, that too.
0: I don't know about that. I've never heard that out of you, but I'll take your word for it.
2: Well, I'm doing this on about three hours of sleep, but never mind.
0: Ooh. Well, I hope everything's okay. There was a reason for the no, lack of sleep. We had
2: power failure. I mean, don't get me started on national grid. We've oh, had eight like yeah. power failures in our neighborhood in the past 6 months. Uh, we really do need infrastructure week. Mm. We really do.
0: Put those Amen. college kids to use, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: No, but there's a whole bunch of crumbling roads, bridges, the electric grid. There's so much that needs to be done. I mean, some of the roads haven't been upgraded since Eisenhower, for heaven's sake. You know, the time has come.
0: Wasn't that when they were also mostly originally built?
2: That's what I'm saying. That's (laughs) what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) Eikes. Yeah, keep up, Ben. Come on. Hey, I'm trying here. My history book isn't as fast as hers, okay? She's better at it than I am. (laughs) No, we appreciate that, and uh, I'm sure our listeners do as well, because... There's just a whole bunch that goes into it, and music is a living thing. As we were discussing just yesterday, actually, music is meant to be felt before it's heard. Definitely heard, obviously, but you got to feel it sometimes. And the lack of live event shows and concerts have really been a detriment.
2: Oh, it's breaking my heart. It's absolutely it would, tearing it, my soul apart. Back to music being something you feel. You know what used to get Neil Peart really annoyed? And he told this to me, and I I haven't told it to a lot of people, but he actually said this. Um, He said to me one time, he said, I don't understand why people go to a concert wasted. Okay. Like, don't you want to hear what the songwriter is saying to you? He said, like, these are communications. These are things that the writer wants you to know. This is their experience. Don't you want to remember it? Remember who? You know, you're, you're talking to somebody who doesn't drink or smoke or do drugs. But I said, you know, I totally get, he said, I'm not saying don't party. I'm saying if you're going to spend money to go to a concert, show a little respect for the artist Absolutely, and be there with them.
0: Right. Those are the best shows, honestly. And, Jay, I know you can attest to this with your well over 10,000 show in attendance limit here. Uh, It's one of those things. If if you're not there and present for it one way or the other, have fun. By all means, do what you got to do to each their own. But if you're not going to give the respect to the artists, that's something you need to reevaluate for yourself. No, exactly,
2: been... and that's back to that whole respect thing. That's why, for example, like if you're going to go to a movie back before the pandemic and everything, I've I've been to movies where it's just like you got two people and they're just staring, you, you know, and they're just talking back and forth and talking back and forth. It's like, why are you there?
0: Yeah.
2: Why are you there? And why
1: did
0: I pay I'm nearly eighteen dollars for a ticket?
2: The movie, <laughs> leave.
1: Yeah, why would you spend money to have a conversation with your friend? You could have just gone to a park and had a talk.
2: Yeah, well, I, I just, I don't get it. The it same to me, thing, it's yeah. just basic respect for the artist.
1: At concerts, you see the same thing. You, you yeah. think you have a nice uh, spot somewhere to see the band, and all of a sudden, yeah. just two people, chit-chat, 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 somebody. Like,
2: and, and I'm not trying to be all Judgey McJudge face. No. Okay? I'm not just like, well, don't you? No, I'm just saying, if you're going to spend money, these people are busting their butts to entertain you. If you don't like what they're doing, at least be courteous and let somebody else enjoy it.
1: Exactly.
0: Or, or my favorite one, you get a nice spot, you're all set up, and then all of a sudden, the act comes out, and everybody whips out their cell phone, the uh, lights go on, and, uh, oh, I gotta I got to record this, I gotta record this yeah. whole set. Uh, yeah. Th- those, in my opinion,
1: are the worst people on earth. Oh, why would you do that? Ben, remember, we went and saw Guns N' Roses... At Gillette Stadium, and the four kids in front of us, all four of them, taped the entire show. I'm like, first off, just designate one of you to tape it if you are going to do that. You don't all need to do it, right? But no one's ever going to watch that again, ever. No, ever. No one wants to see your cruddy cell phone video of a of a show. Like, it's just not going to happen. Now, I'll be honest now, you with
2: you. Asked me. You asked me, like, what were a couple of bands that I thought deserved more attention than they got? Have you got one?
1: Sure, I mean, plenty of them. In fact, uh, kind of like um, the name of the band you mentioned uh, earlier escapes me at this moment. But when you were describing them, it sounded a lot to uh, to me like the Tubes, a band out of um, yep. California. Yep. Who were more of a, of an act than than a musical band.
2: Yeah, um, I was talking about the Sensational Alex Harvey Band.
1: Yes, thank you. I, I'm terrible with names.
2: <laughs> I understand, so am I.
1: But, um, yeah, those guys, I mean, just some of their music was amazing. And the shows that they put on, like, you can go on YouTube and find uh, just some of those old productions. And, wow, you know? um, I'd say that was one of them. I mean, there's just, like you said, there's so many. Because it is so hard to get famous, Um. Yeah, I would say the Tubes.
2: There's an awful lot of bands out there that were kind of like one hit wonders or they had like one great song and that was it. They were never able to equal it.
1: And 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 how annoying would that be for the band? You make this amazing song that everyone loves and then you just try for so long to recreate it and you're stuck, you
2: know? Alas. But, you know, that's why we do what we do, because we can bring back some of those songs and we can let people enjoy them again. And, you know, it's kind of a pity that some of those artists never really did get the respect they deserved. But that doesn't mean we can't remember their great songs.
0: This is true. Yeah, and that's exactly what WMEX was basically founded on for this rebirth. You know, uh,
2: hey, I gave you, I gave you the opening, gave you. Come on, thank me. <laughs> there it Say is.
0: Thank you, thank you, Donna. Thank, okay. you, thank you. Right down the middle, easy, peasy, meatball all day. That was a David that's Ortiz lineup too. Uh, you know, and it's funny too. I'll, I'll touch on this real quick. Uh, it, it's so funny because uh, as as folks may or may not know. We're a bit of a free-form music choice uh, between the Halls of Justice, the Benny Rabbi Show, and Jimmy J on the weekends. We play what the people want or what we think the people want to hear. Now, obviously, that is a large group of people we're speaking for simultaneously for upwards of four or five hours a day. And you're not going to make everybody happy all the time, but it really does seem like we're doing a pretty good job of it. I had uh, an older gentleman call, I'd say two weeks ago, and said, what are you doing? You're not playing it right. I said, playing it right. What What am I not playing right? Well, you're not playing enough 50s and 40s. I said, 50s and 40s? Um, I've only got so much net King Cole in here, my friend, you know? Of a 40s. That's what I was very taken back by that. But you know what? There is still ah, a very but have you large tinge. Vito and
2: the Salutations version of Unchained Melody. You'll either like it or hate it. I promise you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who, who is the artist? I'm going to write this one down. Yeah, okay,
2: I'm very serious. Um, Vito and the Salutations, okay? Mm. They do a crazed doo-wop version of Unchained Melody. It's so bad, it's good, okay? Have you ever heard something that's just so bad that it's good? Of course. Um, I just I love the song, and uh, I strongly recommend it, but it's not romantic in any way.
0: (laughs) There's a couple of songs that'll pop up, and they get stuck in my head very easily, and uh, I'll I'll give uh, Larry Justice credit on this one. He knows which ones get stuck in my head really easy. So if he uh, wants to play a fun joke on me, he'll go, All right, Ben, next record the sensations let me in and i'll go
1: oh there goes the rest of my week
2: yep we you we you oh, <laughs> there it is yep.
1: larry justice is putting earworms in benny rabbi's brain
2: he's ah. really good
1: at it man
0: i tell you <laughs> when you got good music and you've literally got a oh i don't know seven eight thousand song library to choose from uh, i mean the possibilities really are endless so It's not surprising in the slightest, but I will say this. It was really fun to play Connie Francis' Stupid Cupid for Valentine's Day. That was fun. I will say that.
2: Oh, there are some songs that are just perfect for the occasion. There really are. And also, as DJs, there are certain songs that the moment you hear them, you remember where you were, who you were with, what city you were in, you know, if you were on the radio in that city, like, for example, when I hear Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty, great tune. I great song. always remember coming back to Boston after having been away for 10 years doing radio out of state, and the first song I heard when I got back into radio range, cause this is more, you know, this is before satellite. So I'm just starting to get the Boston stations. I'm out on the Mass Pike and I'm tuning around the band and Baker street starts coming on with the part about you're going, you're going home. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> what you a know, beautiful moment. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I had uh, a similar experience with uh, classic Johnny Cash Ghost Riders in the Sky the uh, first time I was exposed to that we were on a, uh, a road trip my father and I we were heading down to Gettysburg, PA we were actually heading to the battlefield to do a tour it was the 145th year I want to say something like that and I had never heard that song before he played it and I remember asking him "Dad, can we, uh, can we play that a couple more times do you mind? <laughs> and by the third time, he said, okay, that's enough. No more. <laughs> but uh, to your point, you and know. There was
2: a th- when I was growing memories. up, uh, I heard the version by Vaughn Monroe, I believe.
0: Oh, um, yes, the original. There
2: were a whole bunch of versions of it.
0: Indeed, there were. But I think
1: the man in black, I think he's got the, the W for that one.
2: Indeed. No Indeed. way
1: around it. Last, last Just last night, I listened to a version of it from uh, Dick Dale. Dick Dale. I don't think I've ever heard that one. A plus, Dick Dale, great surf guitar legend. Ooh, you probably would know him I from. Him, um, yeah. You know the um, the opening song to Pulp Fiction, Ben. Of course, that is his big claim to fame. That was his, his big hit. I just learned something <laughs> here live
0: See, on the. You air.
2: know, educational radio, brothers and sisters, educational radio.
0: <laughs> that is it. And uh, Donna, just uh, we're already coming up somehow on the final nine minutes of the show. Oh, I'm sorry, eight minutes of the show. Thank you, Satellite wow, time passes when
2: you're having fun?
0: Seriously. I mean, I think we're going to have to start petitioning the old troll of rock and roll for a second hour here because this is just flying by too fast. Uh, Donna, I want to take the last few minutes here to let you have that opportunity to just tell folks where can they find you on social media? How can they reach out to you? And if they have questions about your books, or anything that you've been able to write and create, how can they reach out to you?
2: Uh, Very easily. Uh, First of all, Uncle Google has a whole bunch of stuff that I've written, some of my baseball history and some of the other stuff I've written about Boston Radio and et cetera and et cetera, um, my website is DonnaHalper.com. H A is in applesauce. L P is in potato. E R, no N's, no T's, just Donna Halper. And um, I'm pretty easy to find, like I said, given all the places where I publish and all the places where I write. And if people have an organization that they would like me to zoom in and speak for, it would be my pleasure. I love doing that kind of stuff—little radio history, rare memorabilia, etc. And I actually answer email when people send me email. I mean, I can't always answer immediately because I teach four classes, but I really, really—you know—come from the era where. When people sent you a message, you're supposed to try to respond. So I really do try to do that. And I appreciate hearing from people, whether they're Rush fans or not.
0: That's right. And we we, want to thank you for being so accessible for folks because you really are a a pioneer and a legend in the industry. And I really think I'm, I'm a firm believer of giving credit where credit is due. And there's no better way to prove that than to, as we like to say, put up or shut up. And Donna, you have done an amazing job over the course of your career. And even today of doing exactly that, I can't think of anyone else that I would rather have in my corner for a trivia contest than yourself
2: well i appreciate that and you know i don't think of myself so much as a pioneer because i'm standing on the shoulders of people who came before me and the thing we all have in common is none of us got equal pay okay and that's a fact it is true i met some great people i'm still meeting some great people i'm meeting you guys that's good And I'm doing the thing I love and, you know, talking some media history and talking about the history of broadcasting and continuing to keep uh, my options open because it's never too late. You're talking to somebody who got her PhD when she was 64. So you never close off any opportunities. You just put it out there. You take it a day at a time and you try to keep your ethics in a good place
0: wonderfully said and what what would you say further to a young person listening to this broadcast right now that is feeling very much inspired after hearing our conversation here maybe this is the moment that they've decided you know what i think radio is for me what would you say to that little boy little girl who wants that right now what would you recommend for the best path for them to take
2: well, first of all, I would say follow your dream, but be practical, okay? Have something you can make a living at and have something that you follow your dream. Like, I would never, you know, I, I was a stepmom, I would never tell my stepdaughter, oh, don't do X. More likely, I would say, like that occupation, you probably won't be able to get a job in it right away. So make sure you have something that like you major in, that you can make a living at, and then minor in the thing you love. So what I would tell people is think about podcasting, think about uh, having an online station. They're a little expensive, but if a bunch of people get together, you can make it work. Uh, there are some schools that still absolutely have radio, and there are also still some local stations where they're always looking for volunteers. You'll never know unless you ask. And be practical. Just because you show up and they turn you down, that doesn't mean it's over. It means it's just starting. Every single one of us, including some of the biggest names you've ever heard, got turned down at one time or other. So first of all, it sounds like a cliche, but make a plan, okay? Like plan your work and then work your plan, okay? Because if you have no plan, if you're just like, I wanna be X, but I have no idea how I'm gonna make it, it won't happen, okay? But if you have some kind of a plan, oh, I'm gonna take these courses, or I'm gonna volunteer at this local station, or I'm going to learn how to do X, Y, or Z. There's a better chance of making it possible than if you just have no plan and you sit around wishing and hoping. You know, you won't get them wishing and hoping. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, Gee, that's a great. I'd have Dusty Springfield sing that.
0: I was just going to finish the line for you (laughs) there. And praying and wishing. Uh, We'll stop right there. (laughs) But But, uh, but all
2: joking aside, there's a lot of people that are going to tell you you can't, you won't, you'll never. I smile. I thank them for their opinion. And then I make a plan. Now, there's no guarantee the plan's going to come true but you do stand a better chance of making it happen if you have a plan. So get out there, make a plan, and maybe I'll be hearing you on the radio. Who knows?
0: Ooh, now there is a segue. And well said. Uh, Just to prove your point, I mean, even myself personally, one of the first times I auditioned in front of a microphone uh, for a, a major radio station that was hosting it, And I was one of probably five or so hundred people that showed up that day. And uh, obviously that particular one did not go anywhere for me personally, but I realized exactly what you just said. I need a plan here. I I gotta follow through with this. I can't just one and done, you know?
2: Absolutely. And
0: that's exactly what happened. You stick with it, you take your lumps, you do your time. Next thing you know, you're behind the microphone. I
2: always remind people when you were a baby, okay? first time you tried to walk, you fell on your tushy, okay? That's right. And the second time, you probably still fell on your tushy. Or your face. Maybe even the third or the fourth. And I guarantee you, you didn't just go, ha, see if I ever try to walk again. I, nah, you just pick yourself back up, and, you know, I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. Oh, that's a- to live by from Chumbo walk <laughs>
0: I was just going to say, a whiskey drink, a cider drink. <laughs> Well played, well, uh, Donna. We are unfortunately out of time. Uh, that wall and that clock—they just are very daunting. So we got a
2: hard break coming up. Little radio, inside radio here. Hard break. Coming
0: That's up. right. It's coming. Kind of, the deadline is here. Thank
2: you for having here. me on the show. I'm very, very appreciative, Donna. Yeah.
1: This was a pleasure. Uh, it's always a pleasure. I hope you come back on again real soon, and we'll talk more. But this has been great. Thank you.
2: Thank you for having me. Much love to you.
1: Much love
0: all around. Dr. Donna Halper here with us on The People's Truth on 95.9 FM WATD. Folks, thank you for tuning in and joining us. We hope you smiled. We hope you laughed. We hope you learned something. And we do hope you come back. Have a great night, folks. Stay safe. Be good to yourselves and be good to your friends and family. Heck, be good to your enemies, too. Have a great night.